0: Father, as we go to your word, Lord, I thank you that you and you alone are the author and the finisher of our faith. I thank you that as we dive into what you would have for us today, Lord, that your spirit moves in this place. I thank you that you're not inhibited by by the format of our service, but you move in it. And Lord, if we need to, to move, we'll move with you. This is your service and not ours. God, I thank you for speaking to us. I thank you for revealing truth to us. I thank you for revelation knowledge that we leave here different from the way we came in. I thank you for what you have done, what you are doing, and what you're going to do. I give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, everybody shout out one more time. Say amen we are in a season called follow and um, I'll I'll say this periodically I won't say it forever but until we kind of train the church on what we're doing we, we don't do series here not that you know we're totally against that but for us it doesn't work we're a holy ghost church and and a series indicates that there's a, you know, part one, part two, part three in succession, and it's planned out in advance. And uh, some churches do that. That's great. But for us, that's not, that's not us. We're a Holy, Holy Spirit-led church. And, uh, but there are seasons where you are on a topic, and, and so we wanted to focus as a church. All of our churches are doing this. We're all all in this season called Follow, and we're talking about the guide on the inside. Uh, but what I, what I like about this season and the way we designed it and the reason we use that term is because it doesn't lock us in. Um, as a matter of fact, some of what I feel led to talk about today, um, I guess it has to do with being led by the Spirit, but it also is kind of in a different in a different category. Does that make sense? And and I, I you know we don't feel uh, so structured in a series that we are locked into a certain thing. Uh, Last week was our first week of doing this. This is week two. And last week, it was pretty cool. Pastor Steve in Florence, that's our home church. If you're new here, we're a multi-location church. Each church has a pastor. And so my pastor, where I came from in Florence... Um they, they, uh, they had a 9 a.m. service. He taught on being led by the Spirit. It was great, great teaching. But then in the 1030 service, um, he did a few testimonies. Then there was a, a move of the Spirit. He called people forward for, for healing and prayed over them. And it was that kind of service. So it's great in that we're doing this where it's not, uh, it doesn't lock us in. Amen? Amen? However, today I actually felt, you know, it would be good to, to kind of pick up where we left off last week and like I said, I have some other stuff that's on my heart today that I want to share with you. So to kind of recap, there's several new faces in here today or some faces we haven't seen in a while. It's good to see all of you. Good to see you online. I want to kind of recap where we were last week. We talked about, um, of course, being led by the Spirit. Where does God lead us? He leads us in our spirit or through our spirit or being connected to our spirit. We looked at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, there's two, two scriptures in particular that we uh, highlighted. Romans eight fourteen, 14. And uh, it says this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. These are sons of God. You could also take that word sons there and, and use children. So these are children of God. Everybody say this with me, I, as you can tell already. If you're new, I like feedback. I like repetition. Um, it's, it's not uh, to be um, annoying, but it's to get you involved with me. But it's also because faith comes by hearing, and if you can repeat the Word of God, it really helps you. At the end of worship there, when I had you do all that repeating, about 90% of what I was saying was straight Scripture. Straight squ- quoted Scripture. It helps you. So um, everybody say this. Say, I'm a child of God. A child. As a child of God... Oh, you're already still going. I was already switching, but that's cool. Y'all can just say the whole thing. Y'all want to just, re- just preach my whole sermon with me? We can do it like that. All right, this part's me. This part's me, all right? As a child of God, I guess I should clarify, huh? As a child of God, it's important that you're led, just like you'd want your kids, if you're a parent in here, to follow you and to uh, to know your voice, we want the same. We looked at uh, uh, some scriptures in John that talk about how God's sheep know His voice. We should know the voice of God. So where does God speak? Look, look two verses later in Romans eight sixteen. It says the Spirit Himself bears witness. Everybody say witness bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. There's a, 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 a correlation or a connection between his spirit and our spirit. It starts at salvation, which is what this is talking about, and, uh, but it doesn't end there. God doesn't move. He doesn't come in, make sure, hey, all right, you're saved and then leave you. As a matter of fact, we know that there's a subsequent experience, the infilling or being filled with the Holy Spirit, where there's there's a, a being filled to the overflow of the Holy Spirit, which means there's even more of God's Spirit available to us, as much as we can handle, as much as we can take, as much as we can have. God's Spirit wants to be connected with you. He wants to lead you, guide you, and direct you. Everybody say Amen. So, where does he do that? In your spirit. We talked about this, that you are a spirit. That's you. You live in a body, and you have a soul. That's important because we're not led by our flesh. It doesn't say, back. if you put Romans 8 14 back on the screen for just a moment, it does not say, for as many as are led by their flesh. It does not say, for as many as are led by their emotions. For as many as are led by their thoughts. For as many as are led by whatever, just interject, whatever you'd want to put there, it doesn't say that. What does it say? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God. Children of God should be led by the Holy Spirit. That's what we should be striving for, and that's what we're talking about. Two more scriptures, and and, and then we'll go on to today's topic. We looked at Proverbs 20, 27. This says that the spirit of man, and here we see, again, the lowercase s. It's not talking about the Holy Spirit here. It's talking about the spirit of man, the inner part of us. It says the spirit of man in Proverbs 20, 27, is the candle of the Lord, all right, or the lamp of the Lord, or you could say in modern vernacular, the flashlight of the Lord. How many of you have your... uh, Cell phone set on that quick mode where as soon as you enter a dark spot in a room or you wake up in the middle of the night or whatever it is and you need a little light, what do you do? You get out your cell phone, boom, flashlight mode, and the light comes on and you can see. The spirit of man, that's the part where illumination or light or, or you could even say your headlamps come on. That's where the, it says just searching the inner depths of your heart. God is connected to our spirit, and our spirit is the real part of, it says the spirit of man. You are a spirit, and God's connected on the inside of you. So then why why do I get excited? Why do I cry? Why sometimes when, when God touches me, do I cry? Well, your emotions are still part of you. When you got saved, God didn't disconnect your emotions from you. He didn't disconnect your, your mind from you. He did not disconnect your flesh from you. What happens is, in, in, uh, in the New Testament, we're told that our spirit be, is made new. As a matter of fact, it says, You're a new creature. You're a new creature. You're a new creation. Another translation says, You're a new creation. How many of you, when you got saved, looked different, smelt different? Hair was different, eye colors, skin color? Anybody change ethnicity when you got saved? No, you're the the same. Your flesh didn't change. Your soul didn't change. What changed? Your spirit. Well, I'm saying all this uh, to get into where we're at today. And uh, I encourage you to go back. We have a YouTube channel. We're streaming right now. You can go back. You can watch part one last week. Um, I also have, uh, maybe I can figure out how to highlight it and uh, maybe send it out. But I have several other teachings I've done last year on um, uh, the difference between your spirit, soul, and body. I don't have time to spend on all of that today, but for the sake of conversation, for the rest of the day, understand you're a spirit, you have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emo- emotions, and you live in a body. So how does God lead us, or what does he lead us to? What, what is the point of being led by the spirit? I, I mean, why why would God do all that he did with mankind, if you go back to Genesis and look at how God created mankind, what he created mankind for, it was for communion or fellowship or relationship with God. Adam and Eve had everything perfect. They had it made in the shade. They had everything they needed and they wrecked it. Now, them wrecking it caused uh, issues to arise with our flesh, and we see all that in Genesis, the first couple of chapters of Genesis, uh, uh, caused issues to arise um, uh, also with our emotions. One of the first things that happened is what happened? Uh, Adam and Eve all of a sudden realized they were naked. They, they looked at their flesh differently than they did the moment before they sinned. Then, when God came down to see them, Emotionally, they were hiding. They were scared. They were afraid. That was an emotion uh, they they, they didn't have before. That was a, a state of mind they didn't have before they sinned. Do you see it? What happened? When sin entered, our flesh and our soul changed. That was not how we were created to be. That's not how human beings, we were created in the image of God, in the likeness of God and to be in fellowship and communion with God. So when when God, God right after that, he basically prophesied and set in motion Jesus was going to come. So thousands of years later, Jesus comes. What happens? Jesus sheds his blood, rectifies everything, puts us back in right standing with God so the Holy Spirit can live in us. And when the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us, we now have a recreated spirit and we can now have communion and fellowship with God. There are far too many churches that don't teach enough on this and I don't understand why. Because if you understand that your fellowship, like, like our entire like, purpose on earth is not to work a nine to five job. Our entire purpose on this earth is not, I listen, I love being a parent but that's part of my stewardship of what God's given me. That is not, that, that is, the only reason that God's given kids to me is so that I can show them how to be in relationship with God the same way I am. But my soul identity, I mean, I see parents put it on Facebook and social media all the time that, uh, that my whole world is my kids. Now, I understand what they might be trying to say. And if you put that out yesterday, I promise I didn't see it. I'm, a, I'm envisioning and imagining people from many, many days ago. So if you're like, oh, he's talking about me. He saw me on Facebook this week. I did not. I promise. I promise. But, but, but I have seen people say that. I've seen people do that. Oh, my whole world. Oh, I mean, you, you become identified as a parent. And that becomes your own, And it's almost like God gives you these kids, and then you forget about the one who gave, you, gave them to you. The same thing happens with, with jobs or with things. God doesn't mind you having things. He doesn't want the things to have you. And I see that happen all the time. People get a job and they get, the, the man, I was believing for this job, I was believing for this level of income, or you know, uh, we'll see people come in and they'll, they'll, they'll be living paycheck to paycheck. And they're just struggling, and they 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 understand that. Oh wait, God actually wants me to prosper. He wants me to do well, and they latch to that message. God provides for them, provides for them. They get out of that mess, and and, and God's now meeting their needs, actually exceeding their their needs. Uh, as you heard, uh, brother Mike mentioned during the offering, and and things, stories like that. And and then the the good thing about them is they haven't disconnected from the source. But what sometimes happens is people get blessed to the point that now instead of being in the house of God, they're now, with, they can afford a boat, and so they're on the lake on Sunday instead of in the house of God. And, and they forget that I'm, I'm meant for communion. I'm meant for a relationship. And then I'm also meant to help others. I'm not alone in this journey. I'm, I'm meant to be uh, uh, in fellowship with others, with other believers To bring people with me, my kids, if I'm a parent, my friends, my family, whoever, if I'm given influence, my influence should not just be natural or solical, but it should be spiritual. Then as I help people and and as I I myself continue to increase in my spirituality, the natural things come with it. The fruit of the spirit, if you think about the non fruits of the Spirit, and the things that happen in our lives as we, as we uh, become closer to God, we actually become better people. I mean, if you're going to follow God, you're going to follow Him into peace. Like, God doesn't lead you into disarray. It may look like it at some point. Like, you may like think, like, what is God doing right now? But, but it always leads to peace and provision. It always leads to peace and provision. Like sometimes God will lead us, and this is one of my, my points for today, God will lead you to a point of faith. Sometimes. He'll lead you to a point of faith. I mean, if you look at what happened with, with uh, uh, God's people in the Red Sea, I mean, it says that, that, that he led them to the Red Sea. Now, this is the God who made planet Earth, who made geography, who knew how to get them from Egypt to the promised land and the best method and best route he could figure out was straight to a big sea. I'm I'm sure, I'm sure, actually actually, we we know from the Bible that they were all like, "Uh, dude, Moses, hey, what's going on? I mean, the army's coming, you brought us out of Egypt and here we are, we've got army this way, sea this way. See, it was a point of faith. It was a point of faith. It was a point of them to say, do you trust God or not? Do you trust God or not? I mean, when God leads you, he'll, sometimes he'll lead you to a place where you have to say, I, you know what? I'm going to trust God. And so, and so this, this, this things that are happening around me, I'm not letting them dictate my faith. I'm trusting that God's got, if God led me, like, let me back up for a second and kind of pick up, I told you the story last week of God bringing us to Columbia and calling us here. Um, when, before we ever got to Columbia, um, Pastor Steve had talked to me about possibly going to Charlotte and starting a church. Well, I can't tell you how many weekends, pieces of our vacation for several years, my family and I spent in Charlotte looking around trying to plan a church trying to figure out where we would plant, where we would go, how it would look, what would it look like? And I just, I could not get clarity or peace in my spirit about it. I loved the city. In the natural, loved the idea of going to Charlotte. I I mean, seriously, in my head, all the the logical thinking, loved it. I mean, just just was like, man, this is going to be awesome. But in the spirit, when I'd pray, when I'd fast, when I'd seek the Lord, that's what it felt like. Just, I mean, just nothing. It's nothing. Just, just it just felt empty, void. And one day, now let me give you a little bit more backstory while while I'm while I'm unpacking this. So, so um, I, I did this thing growing up in high school uh, called Boys State, and I got connected with Boys State um, as a counselor, and then eventually I was on staff for a few years, and uh, it, it was a cool program. And so uh, I would come back um, the first however many years, I think three or four years. Uh it was here in Columbia. And so I'd come through and I'd spend time and then I made some friends and all. And so there were several several times where I'd come and we'd hang out in Columbia. We'd do things around Columbia. Then when we got married, my wife and I, this is several years later now, we got married, and um this is before we had kids, we'd come over, and my wife would go shopping over here. Several stores that she was used to. She's from DC. They had them here, they didn't have them in Florence. So we'd drive from Florence, we'd come over to Columbia. And as we're doing that, I remember one time we were at uh, Nordstrom Rack over on uh, West Columbia, and we were hanging out over there, and uh, I'm not a shopper. When men shop, we go on a mission, you know what I'm saying? I'm going, you know, and I heard somebody say this one time. It's because men, you know, originally we were hunters. We're we're, we're meant to go. We're meant to kill. When am I going? I'm looking. I'm looking for that item. I need a red shirt and I need white pants. I'm going to go. I'm going to get the first red shirt that fits. It's somewhere close to any realm that I want. I'm not even going to try it on because who has the time for that? I'm going to find white pants. If they don't fit, I'll bring them back later. I'm out of the store. If I spend more than five to seven minutes there, it's a problem. So my wife and I, you know, we're shopping and, you know, I think we've been married a little bit. I don't know how long, um, but we had, we had Kaylee within the first two years of being married. So it was sometime within that range. So, you know, I'm not trying to make my wife mad. I'm a smart. And uh, so she was going to shopping, I'm shopping with you, baby. Where you know, so I grabbed a Starbucks and I'm just hanging out and I'm talking to people. My wife is not like that. She does not, you know, she'll talk to you once she kind of gets, you know, comfortable and she definitely, she enjoys meeting new people. She's not like a, you know, total introvert, but she's not just going to strike up conversations with anybody. I'll talk to a wall. I'll talk to a tree. I don't care. Like I just, I'm just, if you, if you're in the vicinity, I'm going to talk to you. I'll strike up a conversation about anything. Hey man, those are nice shoes. Hey, where'd you get that shirt from? Hey, where'd you get your hair cut at? Like, I'm not even from your city and I'm talking about your hair. I don't know, you know? And so I, I get to talking to these people and I felt in my spirit these people are people that fit you. And that was weird. I was like, what does that even mean? What does that even mean? Like, I hadn't thought about starting a church in Columbia, coming to Columbia, but it was like this, this inner, it wasn't, it wasn't in, listen, I, college football starts next week, I'm going to go ahead and forewarn you, I am a Clemson fan. I, I, this is my city, this is where God's planted us, so I am for Carolina doing well until they play Clemson. All right. But seriously, I'm for Carolina doing well. I want our city to do well. Um, and uh, and so I, I'd be honest, I, I, I'd spent a bunch of time in Clemson. I went to Clemson. I'm a Clemson grad. I had no thought whatsoever in the natural, in my flesh of living in Columbia. Zero. Zero thought, zero desire. Now, I'd spent plenty of time here. And I'm just telling you quick stories, but I can tell you more and more. I mean we'd put, spent plenty of time here, but but there were little moments like that. And then there was a time where I was driving back from DC, and I was like, uh, we, it was over Christmas. I think we did have a kid or two at this point. And uh, uh, we'd gone to see my wife's family. We're driving back. It's, it''s right at the new year. And so I'm praying about the year and praying about what God would have for us. I'm, uh, I think maybe everybody in the car was asleep or quiet. I can't remember, but we had some worship music on. And the Lord put in my heart, Columbia. Now, I I don't know how to explain that, because there was nothing logical in the natural realm about Columbia. At the time, Family Worship Center was in Florence. Pastor Steve had, had, um, um, uh, we had started the church in Georgetown, and we've been a part of that. But we were just starting to talk and develop, what does it look like for us to start multiple churches? And how would that go? And, and, and you, know, you know, in doing all that, we had no idea how, how much it would help us to be in proximity. If we were in Charlotte, it would have severely inhibited what God was trying to develop in our churches. It, would, it, wouldn't have, it wouldn't have worked the same. I'm not saying it wouldn't have worked, but it wouldn't have worked the same. Plus, I wouldn't have met any of you wonderful people and any of you watching online. Aren't you glad that we're here? Amen? Amen? Okay. It didn't make sense in the natural. It required faith. It required faith. It required a a process of walking through and saying, okay, Lord, are you sure? I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I mean, several conversations. I didn't even want to tell my wife right away. I mean, it was just one of those things of, of, okay, God's leading me, and it's a point of faith. It's a point of requiring faith, requiring me to trust God. When you're, when you're living and walking by faith, it's going to require you to actually trust the guide on the inside, even though you can't see it, even though you can't see it. I mean, I can go and have a conversation with you or Google something or YouTube something. This is, what, this is what's wrong. No, I shouldn't say it like that. This is one of the issues in our generation. Is we're so have it right now and so visual that the concept of trusting and being led by a God that I cannot see is so far-fetched. And the church as a whole has done a very poor job of teaching people that that's how you're supposed to live your life. That's what you were created for. That's what we were created to just be rogue beings that just go around our life and just figure it out and get a job and, and, and make some money and pay our bills and be good citizens and, 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 and you know, hopefully um, nice to people, don't go to jail, and then at the end of your life leave something for your kids and uh, peace out and hopefully you make it to heaven. But, I mean, I mean that's what most people do. But if you actually learn to live a life led by the Spirit, where God will lead, look at what he'll lead you to. Consider what he'll lead you to. Consider what kind of paths and what kind of directions and what kind of provision he'll give you. Because, see, he won't just lead you to a Red Sea where you're standing there dumbfounded. I want you to, God blew my mind this week. I had never seen this before. In Psalms 77, the book of Psalms, chapter 77, I'm gonna read from a couple of different translations. But this is talking about when God brought them through the Red Sea. And if you don't know the story, God God, uh, told Moses, lift up his rod. He lifted up his rod. The sea was parted. They walked on dry ground, not wet, not mud, dry ground. They walked through the Red Sea. And then not only that, when they made it through, the uh, uh, armies. The armies of the Egyptians came through on the dry ground, trying to make it through, and God had the walls of the sea collapse and drown all of them. So not only did God provide a way, not only did God lead them right where they needed to be, but then God used the method that he brought them out of Egypt to kill their enemies. Psalm 77. When the Red Sea saw you, O God... It's waters looked and trembled. The sea quaked to its very depths. The clouds poured down rain. The thunder rumbled in the sky. Listen to this. Your arrows of lightning flashed. Your thunder roared from the whirlwind. The lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Now listen. Your road led through the sea. I'm, I'm, I'm reading from a little bit different translation. It might be different from the screens. So if you, if you guys aren't in, uh, in the translation, I've got in my notes, just take it down for a second so they can follow along with me. It says your road. There you go. You got it. Good job, guys. Your road led through the sea, your pathway through the mighty waters, a pathway no one knew was there. A pathway no one knew was even there. See, we get so caught up in, in what God's leading us to do or what we might be uh, asked to do or God, God brought me to this church and then here I am and, and, and you know, the, it's a young church and I'm not used to young churches. I'm not used to churches that don't have established ministries. Maybe you're to help us start one. I've had several people in, in the, the few years we've been here come and say, hey, what if we did this? Great ideas. I'm not starting a women's ministry. I'm not doing it. Not called to do that. But I'm for it. If we do it the right way, if you bring me a proposal, we come and we sit down and we say, hey, you know what, this would work. I mean, if it's going to be endorsed by Family Worship Center, I want it to, to fall under what we do. And again, we're a family of churches. We have certain ways that we do things. But I'm not opposed to, to doing it, to, to endorsing it, to putting some money behind it, to helping Whatever. A road that no one knew was there. Prison ministry. I mean, the the, the state penitentiaries are right down the road. The, the things, I mean, outreach opportunities. Opportunities galore. I mean, my wife and I helped do the last one we did a couple weeks ago. Uh, we're going to try to help do more so people kind of see what it looks like. But I don't expect to be the one planning those forever. And I shouldn't. I, I shouldn't. And so what is God leading, if God led you here, do you think he had a plan for you? Do you think he had a plan for you? Do you think he had like like something in mind for you to do to help your pastor help the people? To help your church reach somebody that you couldn't otherwise reach? You know, the, the local church is the greatest hope for the world. It's the greatest hope for the world. The opportunity we have, as a, and I'm not talking about just this body, I'm talking about the local church as a whole. When we come together and actually say, you know what, one person could do this, but 20 people could do that, 100 people, man. When we do Hallelujah Night in a couple weeks, it'll be the biggest outreach ever. I, I told somebody the other day, they said, well, how many do you expect? You know what, you know, like 150 I said, bro, we had 500 last year at the end of a pandemic. I'm thinking 1,000. And their jaw hit the floor. I mean, I mean, we're already preparing to double everything. We're doubling the inflatables, doubling the games. We're preparing to do all that. Um, I can't do it all, or I'm going to kill myself. I can't do it all. I, I can't. But, but uh, the more, there, there are several families, you guys came, I'm not to put you on the spot, but I'm putting you on the spot. Y'all came to Hallelujah Night, right? We didn't even know it. And y'all started coming a couple months ago. And then when we did Welcome Home, I guess you let my wife know, you came to Hallelujah Night. And they're just one of of several families, but I'm looking at them, they're right here. So I'm going to use you as an example. Now, uh, you came. Why did you come back? Can you say it out loud? And I'll repeat it for the cameras. It was what? It was different. And you love, you said something about the family and the kids' atmosphere, right? That, 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 um, go ahead. young uh, Young people, families, diversity. She, she saw Family Worship Center through Hallelujah Night. She saw what God's doing in our church through an outreach event that we did. Now their family, the only reason they didn't come back sooner is they didn't realize the church was here. They thought we would just use this venue and then they couldn't find it. So we're going to work better this year to work on that part. But, but they, they, they loved it because I, I'm, I'm tying this in today because I think sometimes we miss the fact that God leads us And because it doesn't make logical sense in our flesh, we say no to it. Like, let me ask you a question. All right, if God were to lead you to do something, there's only a few voices in your life, right? So let's just use the example of God leading you to speak to somebody at work, to witness to somebody. All right, let's just use that as an example. His name is Bob. And you know Bob, and God says, hey, well, I want you to go talk to Bob. And you're like, no, I'm an introvert, I don't talk to people. Like, I've never talked to Bob before, I don't even sort of really like Bob, I heard him cussing the other day, I heard this and that come out of his mouth, right? And you're talking yourself out of it before, right? So, so let me ask you, do you think the devil wants you to go talk to Bob? Obviously, your flesh doesn't want you to go talk to Bob, if you're that type of person, right? And, and some people aren't, like I said, I'm, I'm a, I'll talk to anybody, but most people aren't like that. So if it's not the devil, if he doesn't want you to go get someone saved, invite them to church, or, or just be friendly, whatever, and your flesh doesn't want to do it, what other voice do you think it is? People ask me all the time, how do I know if God's speaking to me? It's actually pretty simple. If you learn to focus less on the outside and more on the inside, you can process of eliminate really quickly, well, God, well the devil wouldn't want me to do that. If I'm uncomfortable doing it, maybe I need to step out in faith and do this. God led them to a pathway that was already there. God also leads us to provision. You know, when God led Abraham to, to he, he told him, he said, I want you to sacrifice your son. Now, he had already told uh, uh, Abraham, listen, dude, you're going to be a father of many nations. He went through all the stuff having kids, went through all of those issues, went through all of that. Now he's at the point where he's got a kid, he can finally start a legacy in a family, and now he's trying to to, to, to to walk through that, walk that out. Old dude, old wife, got a young kid, and God says, go sacrifice your son. I love the faith. I love the faith of this story, because It says, and we're talking about following God, right? That God led them to a certain place. That God led them to a certain place. That he prepared the wood, he prepared everything he needed, and then he told, when they got there and he could see it afar off, that he told his men, we're going to go up here and worship God, and then we're coming back. What faith? See, sometimes God leads you and you have to have faith. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I, I'm telling you God's leading me to do it, and I'm going to do it. Sometimes you've got to just have a little bit of a confidence, not a little bit, a lot of bit. Because it's not your confidence. The Lord corrected me as I said it. It's not a little bit. It's my confidence doesn't come from me. It comes from the Lord. It comes from God. And so I, that confidence was not, that's because he'd already walked through all this. He'd already walked through this stuff with his wife. He'd already gone from Abram to Abraham. He'd already gone from Sarah, Sarai to Sarah. He'd already gone through all that. He had, he had seen God move, move the mountains, and he knew God would do it again. I learned this this week. I'd never heard this before. When they got up to the mountain, if you know the story, they got up there. He goes to sacrifice his son. Isaac's like dude what are you doing and 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 Abraham's like God's gonna give us a lamb and he gets up there He raises the knife to slay his son and an angel of the Lord stops him and behold in the in the thicket was a ram But not just a ram they had certain rules on the types of lambs that they would sacrifice Like it couldn't just be any random animal in a thicket if he was gonna make an accurate sacrificed to God at the time they did not have the Holy Spirit. Jesus' blood had not been shed. It had to be a certain type of lamb. And I learned this this week. The mountain that he was on and the height they were on in the mountain, that type of lamb shouldn't have even been there. And it was stuck in the thicket. I don't know how it got there other than God put it there. And God told him what to do and then led him right to the provision. God's not a counterfeit. Like he can't manufacture, God has bound himself to certain things. He cannot manufacture money. When he told uh, uh, Peter to go get the coin out of the fish's mouth, he did not make that coin appear. He made a fish go eat a coin and go to the hook or whatever net or whatever process they use to catch a fish and cause that fish. He didn't make the, the the coin out of thin air. Are you tracking with me today? You cannot think that God's going to just just uh, um, um, manufacture something. You've got to trust him in the process. You've got to trust him in the process. That if God led me here, and I'm standing at the Red Sea, and there's enemies behind me, and the only way forward is through the Red Sea, then there's a path that no one else can see. God leads me to provision. He leads me to, he leads me to where he's... Listen, let me also say this. God's jealous, and he wants the glory. So you can't think that every time you, you go and do something... Or, or, or what, like, if, if you could do it all by yourself, then you could get the credit. If you could do, if you could go to the Red Sea and part it, you would get the, I mean, I, I, I should probably study this out. I don't know how many times, not just in Genesis, or not just in Exodus, not just in those, in the Pentateuch at the beginning of the Bible. That's not the only place we, we hear about the story of the Red Sea. It's in Psalms, it's in Hebrews, and I'm sure in other places. God got the credit for the path no one knew about. And there are things in your life that you need to let God do so you can say, God did this. I can tell you as a testament, the reason we're here today in this building is because God did it. God did it. I told a lot of the stories last week. You have to go back and listen to the message. But I mean, the way it all fell into place, the way the people go this day, go at this time, be there, go, go tell her this. I mean, just story after story. God led us here. God gets the credit for this. God gets the credit, not me. I, I'm just a vessel. I'm just somebody that he's using. Amen. God leads you to growth. God leads you to a point of faith, God leads you to provision, and God leads you to growth. There are times that you you grow from following God, and you need to grow. You need to grow, you need to say, you know what, I I was thinking about this this week. We're, We're a spirit, we have a soul, we live in a body, right? That's what we're talking about. Well, my understanding of God leading me is based off of the knowledge that I have. Do you understand? Like, like the the knowledge that I have is going to, God's using that to lead me. Like, if God were calling me to be a doctor, there are certain requirements I have to meet to be a doctor. There's certain schooling I have to achieve to be a doctor. There's uh, tests I have to pass. There's uh, internships and apprenticeships and I don't even remember what, what they call it, residencies. There's things that you have to do to become a doctor. So there's knowledge that's required and growth that's required and you can't be afraid of that. Because that's being led by your soul. So now instead of going through with what God's leading me to do, I'm being led by fear. So I know what I'm called to do. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know what's next for me, yet I can't see it. It doesn't make sense. I wrote this down. I think this will help you. I want to say it the way God gave it to me. Obey the part that you know. Obey the part that you know. Obey, when God's leading you, obey the part that you know. You know, when, when, um, when Peter, in Acts chapter 10, this was the story that God gave me in connection with this. In Acts chapter 10, and you also see it in chapter 11, Peter went to Cornelius' household to, to witness to them and to, to, to get them saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. All right, now if you know about the story, Cornelius was not a Jew. His household, they were not a Jewish household, they were Gentiles. So this was a big deal for, for him to even go there. So God, because this was such a big deal, God gave him a vision. Well, the vision didn't make sense to him. Read it. Go read Acts chapter 10 when you go home. I don't have time to read all of it. I'm going to read you one scripture or two scriptures at the end of it. But it didn't make sense to him. The vision comes, doesn't make sense. As he ends the vision, we also see the other side of the story. God spoke to uh, um, Cornelius and told him, send some people over to Peter's house. At that point in the story, you have an apostle, a a, a disciple of Jesus, Peter, who has a, a vision he doesn't understand and a leading of the spirit to do something with which he doesn't know. And a group of people that have been led to come to his house for reasons that they don't know. All they know is that there's a word from the Lord from Peter. First of all, notice that God could have just told them, but he uses us. Right, yeah. Amen. Cornelius and his household got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit because Peter followed the Holy Spirit. I mean, God spoke all of this, visions, leading the Spirit, voices of God. It it all came through, yet Peter still had to go and preach. Peter still had to go and lay hands with them. Peter still had to go and minister to them. I think sometimes we put it off on God too much. Well, God will just have to do that. God will just have to witness to them. I've done as much as I can do. No, he needs you. Like, like, I, like, God created the system. I didn't, and His system requires. He says, "How can any be saved unless they hear the preaching of the word?" If you can't preach, bring them to somebody who can. Bring them to church. Bring them to church. If you can't preach, I mean, I mean, listen. Become friends with them and invite them. Hey, this place has helped me. Come to church with me. Come to church with me. I mean, if you can't, then then learn how to witness. It's actually really easy. If there's somebody that can't come to church for whatever reason, witness to them. It's actually really simple. The salvation prayer, really simple. You can memorize it in a day. God wants the glory, and he needs you. He needs us. He needs me. He, He needs me. You know know what part of my job is? I'm going to come back to the story. Don't worry. Part of my job, the Bible tells us that he gave, Jesus gave when he ascended, and he gave pastors, prophets, evangelists, teachers, he gave gifts to the church. And it says that he gave them for the perfecting of the saints. My, My job is not to witness to your friends. My job's not to go, I'll go to your workplace if you want me to. But that's not my job. My job is to equip you, the Bible actually uses the word perfecting, not that you'll become perfect in Jesus, but that we, that we should become more and more like Jesus every day. That's my job. That's, that's my job. Now, that, doesn't all, that does not discount my personal responsibility to witness to my circle and my influence and invite people to church. I still do that. But then I also have a function as a pastor, do you see? So, so God needs us, and he created this thing. He said we're all one body, and we all work together. Every joint supplies, and so Peter, no, notice this. They did not have, at that moment, the, 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 the uh, Cornelius' guards and servants show up at the house. Peter has a vision. He doesn't understand. He goes down. They tell him what, what, what Cornelius had told them, and he's standing there, and he's like, okay, wait a second. Do I go to this Gentile's home? Which goes against everything I know to do. Oh, wait a second, I just had a vision. And in that vision, God said, Don't call unclean what I've called clean. And it clicks. Now it's faith. Do you see this? Does everybody see this? This is New Testament scripture. This is New Testament believer. This is Holy Ghost led. This is, this is how, an, an example that we're given of how God leads. He's standing there with people looking at him saying, hey, we, told, we're, we were told that you're going to come. And now he's saying, okay, I've got to trust what God told me. And so he goes, goes to the house, Corn, Cornelius repeats everything. And then he gets there and then he says, well, this is what the Lord told me not to call you unclean. And he preaches to them the same thing he'd been preaching to the Jews, and then the fruit comes. They get saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, and prophesy. The results that we want, we have to be involved in. We have to be involved in. Like I think sometimes we want we're all for, we're all for people getting saved as long as I don't have to. I mean, what do you you know, what do you need me to do? It, I mean, it's not like, like, I think what are we waiting on for, like for everything to be perfect? For your whole life to be perfect? It, the Bible says until Christ be formed in you. Well, you know when that happens? When you transcend from this earth to eternity in heaven. Until you do, you're not perfect. And the church is not going to be perfect. Because it's filled with imperfect people. But the Bible gives us something in Proverbs. Iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens. We help each other. We make each other sharper. That's why, and I'm glad to see the church growing. And I look around, the house is full today. Children's ministry full today. And and I feel implored. I feel like I have to tell you today, it's time for us to start thinking and figuring out how can we take what God's connected here follow God into what's next for us. To what's next. For all of us. Not just the church. For all of us. For your life. For your your family. For your your job. For your career. You should not be so dissatisfied with where you work that you hate going every day. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. You, You think that God is excited about watching you go to work every day and hate it? No. Like would you want that? As a parent, would you want that for your kids? I mean, we jump through hoops for our kids, man. If they hate going to school, parent-teacher conference, right away. Right away. Let me see. No, I know, I know she's teaching. I want to talk to her right now. Right now. Little Bobby, little Bobby said, little Bobby said he had such and such happen yesterday. I need to know what you're going to do about it. Man, I'm in the middle of, of teaching the class. Yeah, I know, but I need to know what you're going to I mean, we, do we jump through all these hoops for our kids? You don't think God cares about your life, your, your endeavors? But here's what's great, is when you take Matthew 6, what does Matthew 6 tell us? Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to us. And so when you apply that to your life and you say, okay, God, I'm going to follow you using the guide on the inside into what you have for me and everything else will fall into place. So, so maybe the job, well, God led me to that job. Well, then stop being miserable. Oh, that's harsh. Yeah, I know. But if God led you there, then put a smile on your face and wake up every day and say, God, what do you have for me here? What do you have for me here? I'm gonna I'm gonna love I'm gonna figure out how to love this place because this is where you put me. This is where you put me. And, and and the same thing for your church. I mean, if God, I mean, I hear people, people tell us this all the time. I love Welcome Home because we'll go to Welcome Home and they're like, oh, we prayed for a place like this. Oh! I love it, the spirit, the diversity. Oh, I love it. And then we see him about four weeks later. Like if you love it. And I understand, I understand some people work. I understand that the, the dichotomy of, the, uh, not dichotomy, but the, the world we live in today, there is a, 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 a uh, situation with jobs. I mean, they don't, jobs don't care about Sundays like they used to back in the day. I understand that. But I'm talking about those that can be here. If God connected you here, then be here. And if God connected you here, then the, the, the reason you love this place, let me help you out. Let me help you out. The reason you love this place is because God used a greeter at the front door to smile at you and hold the door for you. And he used media team to help make sure the lights and the sound and everything was right. And he used a praise team and singers and band to lead us into worship. And he used children's ministry workers. And it's not us. We're not getting the credit, but he, but he, God used us. So that you could be, and so you loved this place because there were people who helped provide an atmosphere, that God used them to provide an atmosphere for you. So what I'm telling you today is don't be afraid if God's, I I know that God's leading many people in our church to do something you haven't done before. And I also know it's because of the youth of our church, meaning that, that we're a relatively new church. We basically started twice. We started before COVID, had to sh- you know, shut the doors or whatever, and then opened again, and it was like a whole new church. It was like starting all over again. And so technically we've been here for three years, but it feels like about a year and a half. That's what it feels like. And so I think we're doing really well, and, and, I, and I know it's because we're not a rogue church. It's because we're a, a family of churches, and we all do things together, and, and we're, not, we're not alone in that realm. But, but Florence and Georgetown, they're not sending volunteers over here to minister to people in Columbia. We are. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? And so... So what can, I've, I know God's leading you. Okay, maybe you've never worked a nursery before in your life. And you're like, why, I, I just, I know in my heart I need to do that. I know I need to. Do you think the devil is leading you to do that? No. Your flesh doesn't want to do it. Then what voice is leading you? Well, I, I mean, normally, I just, you know, I, I mean, all the churches I've been to, we just kind of just in the shadows. We just kind of come in. And, but, but there's something different about this place. I want to get involved, but I don't, know, I don't know how. You're standing at a Red Sea, and there's a path that no one's seen. When I started volunteering, I know I was young, but I went, I went all the way in. And I, I learned that the technological abilities that I have today building websites. I still make money today on the side, s- subsidiary in- income. Um, it, it, I, I make that on the side because of what I learned volunteering. Taking pictures, video, uh, graphic design. I started doing graphic design as a teenager. I, I, I had It was terrible, y'all. It was like the ugliest stuff. I would be embarrassed to show you. But I started. I did it. Do you know how much money I made from graphic design, from the skills that, and then eventually told God, as I told y'all last week, right? I told God, okay, you gave me these skills and abilities. I want to use them to glorify you, called me into the ministry, started working full time. Then God stepped me from there into, hey, this is not just media for you. I want you to pastor. Well, I was like, Lord, I got to get married. Then he led me to a beautiful, amazing, awesome wife who gave us three wonderful, incredible children, and he used the church that he connected us to, Family Worship Center, and used Pastor Steve, used men, used, used the church to give me skills, gifts, and abilities, wife, and calling, and it all ended up and culminated where I am today, and he's not done yet. Where is he leading you to? And what's next for you? Don't be afraid. That's being led by fear. I, I, I think, you know, if I had one, I had a lot of thoughts, obviously, and a lot of things today, but, but I keep saying we're not being led by the outside, we're being led by the inside. And I, I'm trying to, to uh, unpack it this season different than I've done in the past. And so I want to I just put an underlying tone for today. We are not led by fear. We're not led by fear. We're led by the Spirit, and it it will require faith. But but fear is not faith, and faith is not fear. Faith says, I know there's a path that I can't see. I know there's a way where there is no way. I know that God will, I I don't know how, but I know. I don't know how, but I know. Amen. 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 If you got anything out of this, just give God some praise this morning. Amen. Everybody stand up.